Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you here in the Worship Center. And a special welcome to those of you who are watching online, like Mrs. Beulah Water, Walter out in Pennsylvania, and those around the country and around the city. Thank you for inviting us into your home today. Day 21 in this great, exciting series called Amen, 40 Days to Prayer. All of us are going to need God's help at various times. In fact, all of you fit into one of three categories. Category number one is you're in a crisis right now. Maybe that's you. Or category number two, you're just coming out of a crisis. Maybe that's you. Or number three, you're about to go into a crisis. Maybe that's you. All of us have experiences when we know we need God's help. Like our church staff in the last 10 days really needed God's help. One of our, our church staff members ran over a dog. And that's pretty traumatic. I don't know if you've ever run over a dog, but, but I, I have. It's traumatic. It's upsetting. Well, we, we have a, a group text, and she immediately said, you know, would you pray? I'm really shaken up. And we said, yeah, yeah. We, we, all, we all began praying. And then we hear later, she's okay, and the dog's okay. We thought, well, wow, that's great. God answered prayer, and, and for which we're grateful. Well, then we had crisis number two. Another one of our staff members had a profound reaction to a new medication he was taking, had to go to the emergency room, had to be treated. We're all praying, group text, okay, let's pray, let's pray. I mean, we're, we're praying for him, and, and fortunately, he came out okay. He's fine, thanks to God. It's not over. Crisis number three. Pastor Michael, last Sunday night, has severe pain in his back. He has to go to the emergency room. He ends up being admitted to the hospital. And they end up on Monday morning, put a stent into his heart, one of the main heart arteries that's feeding the heart, and said, uh, you have a 90% blockage. Well, thanks to God, he's okay. Miss Mary Kay's fine. That's the sort of our lives. You're either in a crisis, coming out of crisis, or you're about to go into one. How can you add prayer, how can you add power to your prayers? This is what I want to talk about today. All right, God, how can we have more power into our prayers. In our small groups last week, and, and ours, and I'm sure all of yours, and today in our large group, we're going to talk about what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer, also called the Our Father Prayer. You'll recall that the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I want you to look very closely at how Jesus answered, because it will frame your view of the Our Father Prayer. Notice Jesus said this, pray like this. Jesus did not say, pray this. Pray this prayer like some magical incantation, and if you pray it 10 times, you'll get whatever you want. That is exactly what he did not say. He said, I want you to use this prayer as a model. And for the last 30 years of my life, I have made it my habit every day. I pray through the Lord's Prayer, but I, I don't just pray mindlessly through it, phrase by phrase. I'm making it my own. Lord, these are my needs. This is what's going on in my life. I want to pray it like this. So I'm going to put the prayer up on the screen, and I want you to pray it with me out loud. We'll put it up here from... There we go. We're cool. Everybody see that? Say yes. yes. Good. Take a deep breath. Let's do it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Amen? Amen. Forty days of prayer. Did you notice as we went through that prayer, all of the personal references are plural. They're to a group. It, it begins with our Father, not my Father. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you're part of a spiritual family. And he doesn't say, give me today my daily bread. It's give us today our daily bread. Jesus is revealing one of the most important steps about putting power in your prayers, and that is pray as a group. When you pray, you, you pray together as a group. Power is released when we admit our needs, not just to God, and we don't mind that part because we know God won't tell anybody, but when we admit our need to the people around us, this is where I need God's help. We're going to give you a, an easy way to do that coming up Friday night, November the 12th, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. We're going to have what we're calling a prayer relay. And in the prayer relay, one group will pray from 7 to 8 at night. And that would be my group because I'm just not a late night person. If you are, good for you. God bless you. But that's just not me. Our group's coming. We're going to pray. Then another group will pray from 8 to 9 and so forth. And we're going to have that time to pray on our land. 555 Dr. Hugh Emerson Road. We have 20 acres of land, debt-free. Thanks to God, it's beautiful. And we'll, we'll take all the preparations we can think of to make it well-illuminated, safe. We invite you to come and pour your heart out to God, but do it as a group. Some of you have deep needs in your family. You have deep need for direction. Say, God, I still don't know what to do. I really need your help. Well, here's a great time to share your prayers with your small group. And we're going to be doing this on November the 12th. There is a unique sense of God's presence when we pray as a group. That presence is not felt simply when we pray alone. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm right there in the midst. We can feel his presence in a profound way, which is one of the great values of being in a small group. Here, Lord, here are my needs. This is where I need your help. Now, I want us to begin looking at what follows after he said, our Father who art in heaven, that phrase, hallowed be thy name. Now, we don't use the word hallowed anymore. It's an old English word. The word hallowed means may your name be loved. May your name be respected. May your name be honored. It's a prayer. And this first request is the key to all others. If you get this one right, you'll get the others right. To say, Father, I'm asking. I want my prayer to bring honor to your name. Did you know God will reward you if you honor his name? There is a unique reward that comes when you say, Father, I want my life to honor you. In the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, there was a group, and this group of Jewish believers, they were not honoring God's name. And it's so crucial. Listen how God responds. God will not answer your prayer. Look at these last few words. And it will be what? No one wants to hear that. When you desperately need God's help, and he says, I'm not going to hear your prayer, and it will be your fault. Well, what were they doing that was dishonoring to the Lord? As you read this tiny little book of Malachi, you read, first of all, that they were not giving the Lord their best. They were just giving him, like, week-old leftovers. 
Whenever they brought animals to, her, to be sacrificed, they were blind, they were lame, they were crippled, they were diseased. And God is saying, what are you doing? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that to anybody else. Where's my honor in chapter 1? You know, I, Connie and I had the joy of raising five children. And we discovered that if we wanted to give God our best on Sunday, we had to get ready on Saturday. In fact, we had to make the decision, we're not going to do anything that keeps us out late on Saturday night. Whenever we did, it was bad. We just gave God leftovers on Sunday. We were exhausted. We also discovered, in order to get a huge family here on time, we had to get all of our clothes ready on Saturday night. Do you know how hard it is to get 10 socks that match for five kids? I mean, the dryer seems to eat a few every time you run them through the, the, the dryer. I think, where are they? Well, we needed to do that because honestly, we show honor to our jobs by getting there on time. We show honor to our school by getting there on time. Shouldn't we show honor to the Lord by getting here on time? To say, God, I want to honor you above all else, above my job, above my school. I want to do everything I can not to give you leftovers. Another thing this group was doing, was giving him leftovers, was they were twisting the Bible to make it say what was convenient, to make it say what was culturally acceptable, and God was very unhappy with them. He said, I am, I am dishonored by your disrespect for my word. The third thing they were doing is men. He's addressing men who are husbands. He's saying, you are being cruel to your wife. Now, can I ask you, how can we claim to honor the God that we cannot see and we're not honoring our wives, whom we can see. The men were treating them cruelly, even abandoning them, abandoning them, divorcing them with no possible means of support. And God says, because you've been so cruel, I'm not going to listen to your prayers, and it will be your fault. Well, part of the Jewish believers there said, you know what, we've got to change. This is wrong. We're giving God leftovers here. We are twisting his word. We're treating our family members cruelly. We are going to change. And the Bible records how they, how they changed and what happened. This is Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Then those who feared the Lord, they spoke with each other. You know, we need to change what we're doing here. And the Lord listened to what they said. And in His, this is in God's presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared Him. Watch this last phrase. And those who always thought about the honor of his name. It was as though, as if, you know, God had a refrigerator in heaven. He doesn't. Let's suppose he does. He put a list of their names. These are the names of those who are honoring me, and they are cherished, and they are precious to me. Well, we're going to look at Psalm 145. Psalm 145 is a prayer. It's a prayer that God's name will be honored. Pastor Bo is going to come and lead us in that prayer. So we are going to read Psalm 145. We're going to do something we don't do very often here at BCF. We're going to do a call and response. I'm going to read a phrase, and then I want you to read the next phrase. And Just read it slow. Read it just phrase by phrase so we're all reading it together. Okay, so I'm going to read the first one. Psalm 145. I will praise you, my God and King, and always honor your name. Now you. Great. You are wonderful, Lord, 
and you deserve all praise because you are much greater than anyone can understand. I will keep thinking about your marvelous glory and your mighty miracles. Our Lord, you keep your word and do everything you say. When someone stumbles or falls, you give a helping hand. Everyone depends on you. And when the time is right, you provide them with food. By your own hand, you satisfy the desires of all who live. Now let's say this one together. I will praise you, Lord, and everyone will respect your holy name forever. Great job. Great job, everybody. Great job. Great job. A prayer that God's name would be honored. So what is God's name? You know, God has a name that appears in the Bible over 6,800 times, almost 7,000 times. Now, what is his name? His name is in Hebrew. So it sounds odd to us because we're not Hebrew speakers. And that name, usually, if you look at your Bible closely, you can discover where God's proper name is because it is often translated as Lord with all capital letters, such as in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. I am the Lord. That is a translation of Yahweh, God's proper name in Hebrew. That is my name. Now, God began to explain the meaning of his name, and that's recorded in Exodus chapter 3, when God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to go and tell all of my Jewish people who are slaves in Egypt, about four million of them, that you are going to lead them out and lead them to the promised land. And Moses said, yeah, right. No, no, I'm not going to do that. He is protesting to God's call. And he says this, if I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, well, they're going to ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am. It's the Hebrew word Yahweh, I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I am Yahweh, that is my name. What does it mean, I am the eternal God, without beginning, without end? I am self-existent. The mountains shake before him. The demons run and flee at the mention of the name, King of Majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. Please stand with us. I want to be close, close to your side. 
There is power in the name of God. God the Father, the eternal, self-existent one, has given to Jesus a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen to this promise. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I saw this when Connie and I lived in Chicago in the early 70s. And during that time, the racial tension was very high. Hatred, violence. Black people were killing white people. White people were killing black people. Very, very tense. And I had to stop and get some money for the parking meter. And don't judge me for this, but the only store that was there was a liquor store. So I went into the liquor store to get some change. And unknown to me, there was an open hallway between that liquor store and a bar right next door. And as I went in to get this change, I say respectfully, this huge black man that was maybe six feet five, 340, and I'm at, you know, five nine at the best good day. And he put his arm around me and I start wondering, what is happening here? And he said, hey, come on in here to the bar. I want to buy you a drink. So I turned to him and said, sir, I just want you to know I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, whoa, whoa. He took his hand off me. He said, I don't want anything to do with no Christian and turned around and went back in the bar. And I thought, oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. And what are they? They are safe. They are safe. Men and women, there is power in the name of Yahweh our God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a, here's a beautiful picture of the power in the name of God. Jesus is about to be arrested there's a group of up to 100 Roman soldiers coming to arrest him. Each of these Roman soldiers has six separate weapons. They can defend six square feet from an invading army. You might think of them as our special forces going to arrest Jesus. And when they arrived, Jesus asked them, who is it that you're looking for? They said, Jesus, the Nazarene. And Jesus literally said, I am. And when he told them, I am, they stepped back and they fell to the ground. There is power in the name of our God. Had God not restrained his power, they would have all been killed on the spot. I am, I am. When God says my name, I am, what is he saying? He's saying, I am all you need. Psalm 23, one of the most famous verses in the Bible says, The Lord, notice all capital letters, Yahweh is my shepherd, and because he is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I am all that you need today. God knows what you need today, and God knows what you need tomorrow. And because he is the eternal, all-powerful, self-existent one, he can provide it for you. Another picture is found in the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation, chapter 1 in verse 8, where the Bible records, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Had this been written to an English audience, he would have said, I am the A to Z, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, without beginning, without end, eternally self-existent. 
And because our God is timeless, he can forgive your yesterdays. Aren't you glad? Because our God is timeless, God, he says, I forgive you. And he can guide you today and protect you tomorrow. God, thank you. So what does it mean for you and for me to pray that most important phrase, Father, may your name be honored today. Let's look at it because it's the key to all the other requests. I'm going to give you four simple prayers today. I think you'll see they're right from the Bible. And you say, yeah, I, I, could, I could put that into my life. Here are four simple little prayers. They're summed up in our Lord's command to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things, everything else will be added to you. What is it to seek his kingdom first? I believe prayer number one is a simple prayer that says, Father, today, help me to honor your name with gratitude. With gratitude, saying, oh, God, thank you today. Everything I have comes from your hand. By the way, if you want to be truly happy, happiness does not focus on what you've lost. And all of us have lost some things that are very precious to us. Happiness doesn't focus on what you've lost. Happiness focuses on what you have left. Say, Father, thank you. Father, thank you today. God, you are so, so good. The Bible records everything we have comes from God. Would you circle the word everything? Every single thing you have has come from him. There's a picture in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 where the Bible records the largest offering in the history of the world. The, this offering was so large, in our dollars, it would be counted in the billions with a B. Not an M for millions, billions with a B. And after they gave this huge offering to build the temple under King David's son, Solomon, this is how King David prayed. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you. We have only given you, we have given you only what comes from your hand. Wouldn't you agree it's a great way to start your day with gratitude? Thank God, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given me today. A second prayer to honor God's name is, Father, help me to honor you today with my words. Oh God, help me to honor you today with my words and the Bible, first of all, deals with what we should not say. When I read this, it gives me a little bit of a chill. It is so unbelievably stern. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltly, guilt, guiltless who misuses his name. In our beautiful border culture, we have many things that are so warm and, and good, but there is one thing that is not good. In our border culture, we commonly say, oh my God, as if it meant nothing. As if we were a teenager using like every third phrase. Or sometimes we try to Christianize, we just want to perfume it a little bit, and we just do the initials, OMG. And God says, don't do that. That's my name. That is my eternal name. Do not lightly take my name. I failed at this two weeks ago. We had a, a party in the church office. And afterwards, there were just a ton of Dr. Pepper that were left in the refrigerator. And, and there are many of us in the office here, Dr. Pepperholics. 
Really, we're not addicted. We could stop anytime we wanted, right? Okay. Yes, true. Well, Pastor Bo happened to walk by and saw all this tons of Dr. Pepper, and he said, Wow! Where did all this Dr. Pepper come from? And I just said rather flippantly, The Lord. While that was true, immediately God the Holy Spirit said, Don't do that. Don't do that. I wasn't speaking sincerely. Have you ever had that happen? As soon as you've said something, you realize, oop, oop. What's happening? God the Holy Spirit is saying, don't do that. Don't do that with my name. So later that afternoon, Pastor Bo and I were meeting. I said, I want to apologize to you. And he said, for what? He said, when I said the Lord, I was just speaking lightly. And God has just clearly told me I should not do that. Would you please forgive me? You know, that's what we should do, right? As soon as we recognize, oh, I'm misusing God's name. I, I need to make it right. Let, we call this spiritual breathing. As soon as you realize you've done something wrong, you want to exhale your confession, which means to admit, God, I did this. I was wrong. If it involves somebody else, get them involved too. I was wrong. Please forgive me. But we inhale his forgiveness. We inhale his cleansing. As a child of God, you should never walk around feeling guilty. There is nothing honoring to the Lord by walking around feeling guilty. Instead, you should exhale your sin, your failure, just like I did. I was wrong here. Please forgive me. You inhale his forgiveness, his cleansing, his restoration. God, forgive me. May the Lord help us to be careful about using his name. What we don't say and what we do say. What is it that we are going to say? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Father, may your name be honored with my words. Don't use foul or abusive language. Don't use those cuss words. Clean up your language. Instead, let everything you say be good and helpful. You need to ask yourself, especially when you feel, oh, I just got to tell this person this. And you know you're just getting it off your chest. It's really not for their benefit, but it's for yours and God says, oh, be careful. Control your words. Be sure it's going to be helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. It's a great way to start our day by saying, Father, I want your name to be honored today with gratitude. Thank you for what you've given me. I want your name to be honored with my words. And thirdly, Lord, I want you to be honored with my money. God, help me to honor you with my money. Remember that group that we talked about earlier, the group that was not honoring to the Lord one of the things that they were doing that was very displeasing is they were stealing the tithe. And God told them, you are stealing from me. And they said, whoa, whoa, how can we steal from you? And he said, you are stealing that tithe. That first 10%, God says, that's mine. That belongs to me. And if you take it, you're taking stolen money. It was very, very pointed. And God says, no, no, I want you to change. And this is what he told them. He said, I want you to bring all the tithes, that first 10% of one's income, into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my house, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will open the windows of heaven for you. I want you to keep reading. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Underline that. Try it. It's the only time it appears in the Bible. God says, just try it. Put me to the test. Connie and I have been married now for about 49 years, and I, I cannot tell you how God has provided for us so generously. For the vast majority of our married life, as long as we had children at home, we were a one-income family, mine. 
And God so wonderfully provided everything we need. In fact, I cannot, I cannot tell you one time when the Lord failed to provide for us. And God says, look, if you'll just return the tithe, I'll take responsibility for providing everything you need. I tell young married couples, look, this is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. Just try it. This is what God is saying. I want you to honor me with the money that I'm entrusting to you. That first tithe belongs to the Lord. And then, in addition to the tithe, there's an offering. You really can't give an offering until you've returned the tithe. And we're going to have a special offering coming up. And this offering is going to be on November the 21st. You've seen this little card. Connie and I are excited. Uh, we are praying. We are asking the Lord on November the 21st, our giving day, to please let us give the largest offering we've ever given in our lives. And we're excited about it. Now, y'all, I want you to notice on the back where it says where you could write in. It says, I'm praying to give X amount by the end of the year. The reason that's there is some of you receive a large portion of your income at the end of the year. It's in a bonus or however it might appear. And it's at the end of the year. So you say, what do we do? Well, just write down whatever that amount that you and your wife agree together that you want. To, by the way, if you do this without your wife uh, getting on board, you're stupid. You're real stupid. <laughs> we all know the saying, happy wife, keep mama happy. So you say, how do I know what God wants us to give? Pray together. The two of you come together and you're in agreement over it. And maybe you're like some that say, well, I, I cannot give it till the end of the year. Just put the amount. Then put the card in there and say, God, I, I want to do this. We're, we're asking God to let us take a big step, like $350,000 step, to say, God, we want to keep taking another step toward moving on to the land, provide parking for 145 cars, put in another entrance, and say, Lord, help us. We want to begin using this land you've given us for your glory. So we're excited about it. What does it mean to say, Father, may your name be honored? God, help me to honor you with gratitude. Help me to honor you with what I say. Help me to honor you with my money. And finally, Lord, I think this one is most important. If you get this one right, I believe you'll get the other three right. Help me, Lord, to honor you with my thoughts. God, help me to honor you with my thoughts. Now, I don't know if you've ever struggled with bad thoughts, and if you haven't, then uh, you're a little bit insane, and you probably need help. All of us have bad thoughts. You say, oh, well, when, when am I going to stop having bad thoughts? You're going to stop having bad thoughts when your heart stops beating and you stop breathing and you're dead. You say, well, why do I keep having bad thoughts? Because Satan is firing those fiery darts into your mind. You say, where do they come from? They come from Satan. He's firing them into your head. You can't stop them, but you can fight against them. How do you fight against them? You replace those wicked thoughts with God's thoughts. You replace them with God's word that you've memorized. Here is a great word to memorize when those wicked thoughts come firing into your minds about getting even and revenge and jealousy and greed and envy and lust. What can you do? You immediately go, oh, Lord, today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. It is a great way to overcome that wicked thought, oh, Lord, my rock. That's a great one to remember, my Redeemer. Oh, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, oh, Lord. We're talking about making our prayers powerful. Notice the first request is the most important one. May your name be honored. Some of you today, 
already know you need God's help, you're in a good place. You're in a really good place. It could be a decision you've got to make. You don't know what to do. It could be you need some money. Your car's broken down. It could be your health. You're in a good place if you know you need God's help. I'd, I'd, I'd like to do something here right now, if you let me. I would like to pray for you. I will not embarrass you. I will not come to you. I'll not ask you what you're praying about. That's between you and God. But I would like to take this moment to say, I, I'd like, as your pastor, I'd like to pray for you. So I want you to bow your head with me, if you would. Just bow your head, close your eyes. And if you'd say, hey, pastor, uh, I want you to pray, pray for me. And then I want you to raise your hand and put it up. I have my hand up, you put your hand up. And whatever it is, say, man, I need God's help. I need to know what to do. I don't have a clue. I need God's help, I need his provision. It, it could be something you see is really big or really small. But then just raise your hand, hold it up high for a minute. I see your hands in the back and on the side and over here. Yes, I see your hand. Beautiful, beautiful, yes. Keep it up for a minute. Heavenly Father, we've lifted our hands today because we need help. If we could, we'd jump up and down and say, God, I need your help. Look over here. I need your help. Father, how I, I love to come together with my brothers and sisters and say, God, help me. God, help me. Give me wisdom. Father, I'm praying for wisdom today that they will know what to do that you'll speak to them, even right now. Speak to them in their hearts. This is what I want you to do. Make it just that clear. And Lord, some need a clear provision. Lord, that you would provide for them what they need. Father, I pray that they'll remember, oh yeah, we prayed in church and God provided. And thank you, Father, thank you. Father, some need help with a rebellious son or daughter and their hearts are broken. Encourage them today. Encourage them today. Father, because we prayed it together in the most powerful name, the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.